Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Welcome back to McKernan with you here on 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, one of my favorite guests to talk it over with, sports media critic from TheAthletic.com, Richard Deitch with us here this morning. Richard, good morning. Good morning. By the way, you know, I always say this. There's nothing worse than being called a critic. Now, you're welcome to call me that, but, like, literally it's like, I hear that word and I think it's like somebody's walking to, like, restaurants in New York or, like, Broadway theater productions has a, like a cashmere sweater on and is like gotcha. offering commentary. You're not wearing cashmere. So, no, no. So I like to think of myself as a writer who covers sports media, but there's no doubt that I do offer opinions. So I can't, uh, I can't crank on anybody who calls, uh, who calls me that, but good to be with you. Great to be with you, Richard. Are, are observing, not critiquing, but observing there you go. <laughs> last night's broadcast. What did you think? I thought it was good. I mean, you know, I wrote a piece. This is the, uh-huh. I guess maybe it's sort of the, t- the time we live in. Um, I wrote a piece, you know, today essentially sort of saying that, like, Al Michaels at 77 really has not dropped. Like, his level is the same. But you're always going to find people who, like, you know, here's what Al missed, Al's this, Al's that. So, overall, uh, I thought it was a good broadcast. I, I happen to be a big fan of of NBC's production. I just think their production level on a week-by-week basis is is really, really high. Um, I think they direct games well. They produce games well. They they, net, they document the game in full. They don't miss replays, generally speaking. Um, I think Al Michaels is, I don't think it's a controversial opinion, I think he's the best NFL broadcaster, play-by-play, of all time. I get some people will like Collinsworth, some people won't. I find him okay. And so I thought it was, I thought it was a good broadcast. You know, they, um, they were given a good game, um, a little bit of an odd ending, just because once that Aaron Donald play happened, the game was over. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I thought, you know, if I'm, if you're going to grade them, I think they, um, I, not even, not just passing marks. I thought they did really, really well. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good broadcast. Yeah, I thought it was rock solid uh, as well. And I don't even know what particular elements you could really spend a lot of time delving into. Collinsworth saying the Rams were out of weapons was a little odd since Cooper Cup's an MVP yeah, receiver. Referee, you know, but, re- but, referee, ref, ref, I find as someone who writes about this stuff. Fans, and I understand it, they'll always have an opinion on the broadcasters when it comes to the officials that they were either not hard enough or missed something or, you know, the sort of the crazy ones will say, well, they're rooting against my team. So it's hard. Right. It's hard to please everybody. I, th- I, th- I think Collinsworth, Richard, was in a weird spot because there's no secret in his case. And it's different than I think with like Aikman and the Cowboys because the Bengals have never won. And here they are. They're on the precipice and they do get a controversial call with the hold call uh, on Logan Wilson with Cooper Cup. And it was a certainly a questionable call. And I thought the way he handled it was that well, that's what the officials saw. So he didn't go in on it. I thought he handled that, which was a, a key moment in that football game. I thought he handled it as well as he would, considering he was in a unique spot that he did have deep down and probably everybody knew an allegiance to one side. Yeah. Listen, I think like if we can be adults here, there's no doubt that like, if you were part of an organization for a long time, if you make your home in the city, you still have connections to a team, you want them to do well. But I can tell you that at the national level, they understand that there's always going to be a thought process that if you were a player for a former team, you're in the tank for that team. 
So whether it's producers or executives, they really pound on their broadcasters to be as neutral as possible, even optically neutral so that nobody can have um, issues with them. And I'm with you. I think, listen, like there's no doubt in my mind, like if you put him on truth serum, I'm no doubt Chris Collinsworth would like to have seen the Bengals one last night. He's a part of that franchise, a part of the history, knows the owners, et cetera. But I thought in that situation um, and maybe in his subconscious, he's, you know, he realizes that if he sort of goes too over the top on the call, he's going to be accused of this. You know, he, he, he opted for less than more, which is always the case. You know, the thing, and NBC didn't use this person last night, but one of the reasons they brought in rules analysts like Mike Pereira, mm-hmm. uh, Gene Steratore at CBS, obviously Terry McCauley and NBC, is to take this stuff out of their broadcasters' hands because the, the broadcasters can get themselves in a tricky place when it comes to interpreting rules. That's, that's why the rules analyst exists, is so that you can basically throw it to the former NFL referee, and that person can offer you some kind of context on what you just saw. Nice play. Yeah, and referencing going over the top with the Bengals plan, Joe Buck, I can recall, saying he regrets the way he called the final out of the Cardinals winning the World Series Correct. in 2006 because he feared nationally. Yeah, it was the inverse. Yeah. He feared people would criticize him for being a St. Louis homer. Correct. Yeah, he, he actually, I remember talking about that, he, and I'm sure you, you have too. He, he really low-keyed it, mm-hmm. which, you know, and I think he – I understand why he regrets that because, like, it's not just Cardinals fans. Like, you as a national fan, like, you want the game-ending call of any championship to be memorable or at least sort of to remember that. And the last thing you'd want is, you know, for it to sound like, you know, game number 132 or something like that of the regular season. So, um, But this stuff gets in broadcasters' heads. Sure. Broadcasters are human like everybody else, and – they know this stuff is out there in the same way, you know, Michaels and Collinsworth and Tafoya, they all know that this, this broadcast will not be the same next year. Tafoya's already announced that she's gone. Uh, Michaels is almost assuredly going to be an Amazon. And so Collinsworth will be the one remaining person in the booth next year. So, they, you know, they all know the subtext that's going on behind the scenes with all this stuff. And that has to factor into your broadcast as, as well. So there's a lot of interesting things going on last night with NBC that, that had nothing to do with the game on the field. Richard Dyche of The Athletic uh, with us here. He is a sports media columnist who observes things about sports media, but he is not necessarily a critic. How about that reset? Some could say it was too wordy, yeah. but I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's Radio Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll clip that off. Uh, hey, I'm curious what you think will wind up happening. Who will get these spots as NBC changes over, most likely, uh, its broadcast? We already know that Michelle Tafoya is gone. As you said, Al Michaels likely going to Amazon. What do you th- how do you think what we're going to see at Amazon, what we're going to see at NBC? And then if that could be Aikman going to Amazon, what we would see at Fox. Yeah, Eminem and Mary J. Blige next year on NBC. Nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, I would say that if let's we'll take Amazon I, again. I would be stunned if it's not Al Michaels at this point. So it'll be Al Michaels. I would say Aikman is probably fifty-fifty in that slot. But um, you know, you could have a uh, a surprise candidate, somebody who maybe uh, walks away from the game that you don't expect. Um, you know, I, if you would have asked me early in the year, I would have thought Drew Brees had a legit shot at that. But I'm not sure about that anymore. Again, it could be someone. You know, Amazon does have a group of people um, as part of their, uh, we'll just sort of call it their megacast options this year that they used, including um, Akib Tlaib. Uh, would they do Michaels and Akib Tlaib? That'd be pretty ballsy. I don't know if they yeah. would do that. I, I, actually, I think it'd be interesting, but I'm not sure they would 
they're probably going to be go more a little conventional. Um, so, so I would say Michaels and Aikman, if you were in Vegas, that is your favorite, but by no means is it a lock. I do think Michaels is a lock. And again, the NBC one's more sort of easy to do. I, I think unless something dramatic changes, I think that booth is Tariq Collinsworth and Catherine Tapp. Right. Yeah, that one's obvious. And then what would happen at Fox if Aikman does go? I, now, again, this is me really being pure speculation. I actually think there's a good chance Troy could do both. Oh, um, wow. He's talking. The, yeah. So he's done. Remember, he's done Thursday, Sunday for Fox. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, you know, it's the most ideal schedule for him. It is not. But I think there's probably a way for Fox and, and Amazon to make it work where maybe Troy's Fox schedule is a little lessened if he's doing the full Amazon season. And then keep in mind, if you're Aikman, and this really could happen, you know, you could do the inaugural season where there's going to be a lot of bells and whistles and there's going to be a lot of attention, and then just go back to Fox for year two. And then somebody else comes in as the color analyst. You know, you remember, it's a long time ago now, but, you know, Thursday Night Football, um, when the NFL Network got it, you mm-hmm. know, they had a lot of bells and whistles for that year. Um, there's a lot of publicity for it. And then in the years after that, you know, we saw different broadcasters float in and out of that broadcast. So I would not be surprised if, you know, maybe Aikman just decides, okay, I'm going to load it up for one year. I'm going to stick with my Fox uh, contract in some form. I'm going to take all this money from Amazon to do one year with Al. And then he goes back to Fox and continues with that job, which is honestly a much better job than the Amazon job. And then Amazon has to figure out who it wants uh, in terms of a little longer-term play. It's an intriguing play. Final question for you. Uh, now that the season is in the books, whose stock increased the most? Take your pick of whatever network over the course of the NFL season from where they were at the start of the year to where they are uh, the morning after the Super Bowl. Well, that's a good one. I, Greg Olson. For I was, sure. was going to think you were going to go Greg Olson, but I didn't want to put that in your mouth. I didn't know if you were thinking of somebody no, else. For sure, because, I mean, again, I think if Aikman leaves, I actually think they put him into the number one slot. I, I, I mean, they may look around to see if there's a bigger name, but I don't think Fox would have any issues putting Greg Olson on that number one team. They were really, really high on, um, on him. So he's the first name uh, that comes to mind. I think the I and Eagle, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn team continues to impress their bosses, again, they're not going to blow out Nance and Romo, but um, they're going to continue to get great games uh, that are, you know, they're almost going to be looked at a little bit as a 1A as opposed to a 2. And then I think if you want to sort of go think about cable, I think NFL Live, um, that show's gotten a lot of attention and a lot of positive buzz um, over the last uh, six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Again, we're talking about much smaller numbers, only, you know, 400, 450,000 people. Um, watching that show, but that group has got a lot of chemistry. Um, it's got a lot of positive uh, attention on it. So I would think that they, you know, sort of this year race it. And then finally, and this is the obvious one, the Mannings, of course. Yeah. The Manning yeah, cast yeah. is a critical success. Uh, ESPN has extended them so that they're going to go four years um, with that group. Do I think they'll eventually be the Monday Night Football broadcast? No, I don't think, I don't even think Peyton and Eli want that. I no, I agree with you. Like, they like owning their own thing. They like um, having production control over this stuff. So that, that would be the last one. I mean, I think that could not have gone better if you're talking about um, how the audience uh, reacted to what they did. There is. Richard Dyche of The Athletic. Enjoyed reading the column this morning on theathletic.com. Always enjoy the conversation as well, Richard. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. 
You got it. Thank you. Thank you. That's Richard Dice with us here of theathletic.com. You can read his column up this morning reviewing the Super Bowl, not just the game itself, but all kinds of uh, media news and notes. I enjoy reading those columns, and he does great work, so it was good to have him on the uh, on the show. Uh, we will take a break, and we have So What Your Grandma Think coming up on the other side of the break, and then BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. You are listening to Balloon Party with Tim McKernan on 101 ESPN.